But on the first day of the week at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and crucified and on the third day rise again? Then the women remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to the apostles an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. God's beloved people, grace to you in peace from God our Creator and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. They had come with Jesus down from Galilee Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James. The other women, they had come with the other disciples because at some point along their life's way they had been encountered by Jesus and they had heard his call to follow. So risking security and reputation, they stepped forth with courage. They were part of the inbreaking of the reign of God, the healing, the truth-telling, the miracles, the threats the wisdom, the love, the hate, the fear. They had witnessed all of it, and they had seen it all come crashing down in Jerusalem. They kept vigil at the cross, as gruesome as it was. They followed Joseph of Arimathea when he claimed Jesus' body, wrapped it in a linen shroud, and laid it in the tomb. They knew that their work of caring for Jesus was not done, They had a job to do. They needed to anoint his body for burial. This important ritual hadn't happened on Friday because of the Sabbath. So at sunrise on Sunday, they got up and headed to the tomb, focused on what needed to be done. We all have different ways of coping with grief, don't we? Some of us shut down, unable to muster the energy to engage the regular tasks in front of us. Others get very busy. We make lists of things to do and feel a sense of comfort crossing items off of it. These women had a list. Prepare spices, hike to the tomb, anoint the body. Far better than contemplating the enormity of their loss. Not only had they lost their teacher and friend, Their hopes had died with him. They had dared to hope that he was the Messiah, the one sent from God, the one who would liberate them from all that held them captive, all that oppressed them. But it wasn't to be. 
And in the wake of his death, what were they to do? Go back to their former life? Was that even a possibility? Lesson learned. Might equals right. Muscle always trumps mercy. Empire is built to come out on top. It's an age-old story, and we all know how it goes. But when the women got to the tomb, the story changed. There was no corpse, just a couple of divine messengers with a question. Why are you here? This is a place of the dead. And he's not dead. He's risen. Don't you remember? He told you death would not hold him. There would be trouble, suffering, and violence, and yes, even death. But this would not be the whole story. Remember? He is not here. He is risen, and this is the larger story, and you, dear women, are part of it. Easter Day is a day we remember and celebrate that by the grace of God, we are all part of a larger story. In the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus, we see that the rules about how the world works, about who is in charge and who is not, who is worthy and who is not, who is chosen and who is not. All these rules do not bind God. This is God's world. This is God's story. It always has been and always will be a love story. This is the story of a love so resilient and strong that it is not afraid to look weak. It is not afraid to stoop low, to get messy, to appear foolish. God is not afraid to hang out in the dark places, the places where fear and shame and regret and doubt linger. In fact, divine love seeks these places. This becomes clear to us as this resurrection story unfolds. Jesus didn't wait for his friends to find him. He sought them. He found them in locked rooms, confused and afraid, and he spoke a word of peace and breathed new life into them. He found some of his friends walking the road home to Emmaus, but they were so disappointed and so heartbroken by what had happened in Jerusalem, they didn't even recognize him. It wasn't until they gathered at the table and he broke bread with them that they knew that something odd and wonderful and beyond their imagination had occurred. They knew the story wasn't finished. Jesus found Peter and the other fishermen on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, a place they had spent so much time together throughout Jesus' ministry. We know how things went with Peter. Jesus' right-hand man was a colossal failure in Christ's moment of need. But instead of serving up a heap of recrimination and shame, Jesus served Peter breakfast, and he spoke of love. He reminded Peter that the love of God is greater than any of our failures, and he called Peter once again to be part of the inbreaking of the reign of God. The risen Christ didn't wait for his loved ones to get it together, 
to issue a contrite apology for all the ways they had failed. He didn't wait for them to understand his resurrection, to articulate a proper doctrine of resurrection, or to write a creed. While they were confused and blind and afraid and doubting and ashamed, he found them and he opened his arms to them. He offered them healing, forgiveness, and hope, and he called them to be his body in the world for the sake of the world. This is our story, this resurrection story. We live in a world racked with grief and pain. We know what it is to have a broken heart, to lose our courage, our hope. We know our own failings and fears. They are ever-present. But by the grace of God, they are not the whole story. The risen Christ meets us in the very places we try to hide from God. The weak places, the dark places, the cynical places, the this doesn't make sense to me so it can't be true places. Christ meets us there. And with divine mercy and grace, he writes us into a larger story. The story of God's unfailing love for the whole world. Because of this, we dare to hope, though we know the sting of grief and disappointment. We dare to trust, though we are uncertain and afraid. And though we know heartbreak, we dare to love, because we have been so thoroughly and faithfully loved. We dare to carry out the work of God's kingdom, good news to the poor, sight to the blind, freedom to the captive, justice to the oppressed. We do the work our Savior has called us to do, full of the life that he has won for us. May this promise of God for us in Jesus Christ bring you peace and courage this Easter season and in all the seasons of your life. And may you know the joy of being held in so great a love. Thanks be to God.